1: If you look at the people God calls into a service, you'll find that he equips them to perform whatever it is he sets before them to do. <laughs> Listening to today as Pastor Rander explores this anointing and appointing process as it relates to one of the most interesting people in the Bible in this message, Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God but was negligent with his Nazarite vow. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
2: Turn with us to... The book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 16 through 20, is our text as we enter into part three uh, in the account of Samson. Judges, chapter 16, verses 16 through 20, Uh, turn in your Bibles and uh, let's see what the word of God has to say to us. The scripture reads, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times. And shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God, but was negligent with his Nazarite vow. Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God, but was negligent with his Nazarite vow. Allow me to give you some words of wisdom. This is the third part of this series on Samson. Very interesting uh, series. Uh, it happened a thousand, thousands of years ago, but yet it is just as relevant in our day because it is the word of God. You don't have to make the Bible relevant. It is relevant and it speaks to the issues of every generation. Amen. Allow me to give you some words of wisdom from the life of Samson. You need to write these down lest you find yourself entangled uh, just like Samson. Words of wisdom from the life of Samson. Number one, to live the successful Christian life, we must seek to please and glorify God and not seek our own personal gratification and self-pleasure. Satan will do everything within his power to keep you from having a personal, saving, genuine, authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan don't want to see you go to heaven and be with the Lord and have everlasting life with him. He wants to see you doomed. He wants to see you damned. He wants to bring about your demise, your destruction. He wants to wreak havoc in your life and he wants to keep you entangled in strongholds to the extent that you never get to jesus but if you trust the lord jesus christ as your one and only savior believing in his death burial and resurrection and the marvelous truth that he's coming back again then you will be saved if you trust jesus christ alone to be your god and your lord and once you become saved then satan changes his strategy and his next agenda upon you, since you now know the Lord, is to keep you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in yourself. He wants you to live for yourself, to please yourself, to glorify yourself. It's all about me. So, to live the successful Christian life, we must seek to please and glorify God. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to have fellowship with Him forever and not to seek our own personal gratification and self-pleasure. Judges chapter 14, verse 3C says, Samson tells his parents, get her for me, for she pleases me. Look, me, me. Get her for me, for she pleases me well. With Samson, it was all about me. And sad to say, with people today, it's all about them. They are self-centered They could could not care less about the interests of others. It's all about what they want, how they want, when they want, and the way they want it. Beloved Samson wanted what pleased him rather than what pleased the Lord, and neither did he seek the Lord's counsel, which got him in a whole lot of trouble. And even though there's nothing wrong with pleasure in and of itself, we ought to have some fun in our lives, and we ought to enjoy life. But 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 we must not live in pursuit of pleasure and uh, and life is just one big ball of pleasure. Uh, It is a dangerous thing when you put your pleasure above the word and will of God for your life. Life is not just about fun, food and fashion. It is about loving God, serving him, making a difference in humanity. Uh, Like that old song that says, if I could help somebody, then my living will not be in vain. It is a dangerous thing when you put your pleasure above the word and will of God for your life. Our personal pleasure is not God's priority. That's big. Our personal pleasure is not God's priority. Uh, Matthew 16, 24, a says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. In other words, we have to have the attitude of John that says I must decrease and he must increase. And as you grow in your relationship with Christ, it ought to be more of Christ and less of you. As you grow, as you grow and mature, it ought not be more of you and less of Christ. People ought to take note and observe and recognize that you have been with Jesus. Can that be said of you, my friend? Secondly, when you allow yourself to be ruled by your fleshly appetites instead of the Holy Spirit, then you will become a slave to those fleshly appetites, which results in addictions. When you allow your flesh and all that your body impulses wants to do, when you allow your fleshly appetites, your, the desires of the flesh uh, to take over your life instead of the Holy Spirit, then you will succumb to all kind of addictions. Uh, uh, you will have setbacks and personal failures. And because your flesh is out of control. In other words, uh, you know, it's nothing wrong with eating sweets, but, but if you live for sweets and ch- one day is chocolate cake, next day is banana pudding, next day is cookies, next day is, uh, then you, then it's soda, it's Coke, it's Pepsi, it's Sprite and all of this stuff. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But if you just, uh, just overindulge, you know what? That stuff can kill you. If you don't get it under control, some of you got diabetes and eat more sweets and some that then who knows what you can eat yourself to death because your flesh, whatever you desire. Oh, I got it. I'm craving. I'm craving potato pie. I'm I'm craving coconut cake. I'm craving German chocolate cake. Oh, ask the Lord to hold you. And you know what? Discipline yourself to tell your body, I know you want it, but you're not getting it today so that you, with the help of the Spirit, will be in control. If not, you're going to find yourself in sickness, disease, and even death because your fleshly appetites are way out of control. If you fail to confront and conquer your own fleshly desires, if you fail to conquer your temptations, your sins, your weaknesses, you cannot reach your God-given potential for Christ. Samson yielded to temptation and was promiscuous because he lusted after and went into a harlot, a prostitute, who was another foreign woman in Judges, chapter 16, verse one, it says, now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. He, in other words, he is the big time judge of Israel, a leader of Israel, a succumbing to the uh, enticement of a prostitute. Samson was a judge and leader of Israel, yet he lived a promiscuous life rather than being an example before the people of Israel. And even though it is so normal today, the Bible still holds true that premarital sex and adultery and pornography and all these things are sin in which you will bring on the chastening hand of God. My friend, you are on dangerous ground when you can sin in the face of God so comfortably.
1: Pastor Draper continues the message. As unbelievable as it may seem, God calls, equips, and uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. This applies to people just like you and I. Uh, we just have to ensure we're not negligent of our responsibilities. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to explore this topic in this message, Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God, but was negligent with his Nazarite vow. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
2: Rebellion is to know what God's word says, to know what this book says, and defiantly violate it with no sense of conviction. You know what the word of God says. You know what it says in this book, but, but then you comfortably violate it with no sense of conviction, with no sense of grief or remorse or repentance. Rebellion against God will always take us down. Did you get what I said? Rebellion against God will always take us what? Down. Samson went where he did not belong. And some of you are headed downward because you are in places, some strange places that you frequent, that you do not belong. Number three, refuse to go where you don't belong. Samson got comfortable sleeping in another woman's lap. And some of you not only sleeping in another person's Lap, perhaps, you're sleeping in somebody else's house that's not yours and you're not married. You know, you're shacking up, you, you, you're a significant other, and you're in a sinful relationship. Why don't you say amen? amen. Refuse to go where you don't belong. A lot of folks who got killed being in places they don't belong. Some folk up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, roaming around and end up all messed up and shot up when you should have been, that time of morning, you ought to have been in the bed. What you doing roaming around four o'clock in the morning? Shenanigans. Stop going where you don't belong. Samson got comfortable sleeping in another woman's lap. Judges chapter 16, verse 19 says, Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. My friend, so many have fallen into sin by living a licentious lifestyle. If you don't belong where you are, then why are you there? If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit will make you so uncomfortable to the point that you feel uneasy. You feel guilty and your conscience won't allow you to enjoy yourself. If you aren't uncomfortable in your sins, you need to ask yourself why? If you can lie with ease, ease, cuss with ease, or beat up somebody with ease, if you can be low down with ease, and it doesn't even bother you, you need to ask yourself why. You can gossip with ease, backstab with ease, be stupid with ease. You need to ask yourself why. Number four, be very discerning who you reveal your weaknesses and your secrets to, And how much you tell them, because that person could use them as a stick to clobber you with. Okay, be very careful as to whom you will reveal your weaknesses and secrets to, because that person can use that when the relationship becomes strange for whatever reason and clobber you with. Judges chapter 16, verse 16 and 19 B says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. She made the man sick. Verse 19. b says, then she began to torment him. My friends refuse to buckle under pressure and give in to that which is forbidden by God to your own spiritual detriment and physical detriment as well. Some of you are being pressured. Even uh, uh, as I preach, you're going through times of pressuring. Some people, uh, some someone is pressuring you perhaps to have sex and you're not married to that person. So one is perhaps pressuring you to lie, to cheat, to steal, to seek, to please those who are self-centered, manipulative and uh, controlling. You only embolden those who are not satisfied until they get their way. Learn to say no boldly and stand your ground and not be pressured to the extent that you yield and compromise your godly values if not you will end up compromising those values which will result in guilt uh, you, you start compromising the scripture you'll end up in depression and discouragement or you'll end up in spiritual regression you'll be you'll start moving backwards instead of forwards in Christ and so much more in other words delilah had become abusive to Samson first What do you do when you find yourself entangled in an abusive relationship? She was tormenting him. She was nagging him. She she made him sick. And uh, so what do you do when you're in an abusive relationship? First of all, be mindful that there are different kinds of abuse, such as physical abuse. Well, one spouse is hitting the other uh Hurting the other physically, sexual abuse where there's incest and all kinds of things going on. There's verbal abuse uh, where, where the spouse or the children or whomever, in-laws or whatever, they're talking you down. They'll put down statements, uh sarcasm. Uh, everything is critical. Everything is wrong. And, w- and when you get out of their presence, you feel all beat up and demoralized. My friend, that's another kind of of abuse. There's emotional abuse where you just about to lose your sanity. There's financial abuse where someone controls the money to the degree that that person cannot get or spend anything without permission or feeling guilty. I mean, they control every penny and, uh, and give you, even though you're grown, they give you a ten dollar allowance to say now make that stretch the next two weeks. That's crazy. And by the way, husbands, your your wife is not your mother, okay? And and wives, your husband is not your daddy. You're to respect one another as husband and wife, and you're to honor one another, and you're to talk about finances, and you to talk about goals, and you're to dream together, and you and you're to to, to be headed on the same page. Two can walk together unless they be agreed. If you are in an abusive relationship, somebody may be there now by radio, television, or even here in the congregation today. Some child could be an abusive relationship. Uh, some adult, some, some member. Uh, here's what you should do. A, if you're in a life-threatening situation, then you must immediately separate yourself. If necessary, get a restraining order to protect yourself. That's just so helpful if you're in an abusive relationship. Judges chapter 16, verse 16 and 19b, which says, With such nagging, she prodded him day after day after day after day after day until he was sick to death of it. Now, he was not supposed to be what he was, and these are the consequences but sometimes you can be at home or you can be on a job or you can be in a class and you can experience abuse. Then she began to torment Samson. B. If the situation is not life threatening, then lovingly confront the abuser. Also, both of you must seek help immediately without procrastinating with someone whom you trust who is confidential and has your best interest at heart. If the abuser refuses to change, then ask the abuser to leave or you will leave. You do not have to subject yourself to unwarranted hurt. You do not have to subject yourself to unwarranted pain. You do not have to subject yourself to unwarranted threats. You do this again and I'm gonna pluck your eyes out. You do not have to subject yourself to pressure. misery, which will just wipe you out, stress you out until you don't even know your name and barely holding on to your sanity. Life is not meant to be lived that way, my friends. Uh, C, refuse to snap in the heat of the moment or seek revenge against the abuser. In other words, some people get abused and and they're out. Astra- then they take a gun or knife or certain things and they take matters in their own hands and they kill the person. And then they end up in jail for 30 years. But people don't see all of the torment that built up to that. Romans 12, 19 says, beloved, do not avenge, avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Don't you get even to the point that you uh, sin against God. And do something terribly wrong to the abuser and find your own self in prison. D allow the word of God to encourage and comfort your heart. When you're going through abuse and hurt and pain and stress, when you're being put down emotionally uh, allow the word of God, the holy word of God, the Bible to encourage and comfort your heart. Psalms 119 verse 50 says this is my comfort in my affliction. Have any of you ever had trials and tribulation and trouble? Let me see your hand. Any of you have have ever had affliction, you, you've you've had hardships in your life. The psalmist says this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. You get in the word of God and you begin to read this word. This this is the word of God. It will give you hope. It will give you security. Uh, It will give you answers. Uh, It will relieve your stress. It will give you direction. It will revive your spirit, my friends. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. E, seek biblical counseling. Proverbs 15, 23 says, a man has joy. By the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The word of God. Go to someone who knows the word of God and will give biblical answers to your issues. Isaiah chapter 50, verse four. A also says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. You know why you need to know the word? You need to you need to know the word for yourself, and then you need to know the word for the sake of others, because your your children and your grandchildren can become weary, your spouse can become weary. When my wife hurt, I hurt. When I hurt, she hurts. Or your or your your co worker can become weary. Um, uh, your 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 relatives can become weary, uh, and and. And so a timely word is so valuable to those who are weary and at a crossroad and does not know what to do. F, cry out to God for wisdom and direction when you're in the midst of abuse. Cry out for wisdom and direction. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Christ. Cry to him, Lord, I'm in a situation that, that, that I need help. And I don't know what I'm doing and I don't even know how to get out of this, but I know you know all things. This may be bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. Show me what to do in the name of Jesus. You begin to cry out in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. James 1 5 also says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. In other words, God will give you wisdom. In that abusive situation, in that situation where there's hurt and pain and dishonor and disrespect, God will show you how to manage that, how, how to even remove yourself if it warrants that. Uh, God will show you what to do, what not to do. And when you're going through these times, never operate on your emotions. You cannot trust your emotions, but you can trust the word of the living God. G, be bold and refuse to be paralyzed by fear. Sometimes people people are, feel trapped because they're actually scared of the person. They don't know what the person is going to do. They don't know what's next. So they just get paralyzed and they just procrastinate and don't do anything. There has to be a sense of courage Tenacity and uh, courageousness about you. Be bold and refuse to be paralyzed by fear, trusting God to see you through the process, uh, of getting free of the abuse. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17b says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know what liberty means? Liberty means freedom. And some of you are bound. You are bound. You are bound by a certain person. They, they're just beating you down. They're wiping you out. And God doesn't want you to live life that way. There are some children that are bound and, 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 and uh, under pressure by parents. Uh, they're, they they are parents who are being mistreated by their children. As they get older, the kids, uh, just rule their lives and dominate their lives and take every dime they have and take the cars they get older and can't even remember and just abuse that relationship that really happened take everything and then waste their living my friend god has called you to freedom life is too short for you to be in bondage
1: Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 7855- east loop 1604 north converse texas 78109 directly across from randolph air force base visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages you can also find service times directions to the church upcoming events and much much more tune in tomorrow's pastor draper continues to teach us from the word of god thank you for joining us today and may the lord's blessings be upon you